Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We've got the history sorted, and that's it. the start of the Egyptian civilization, they had everything. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable with me, Tiss. As always with me, my co-hosts. Beef, alright. And this is Bob Shoy. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, we're all in high spirits. Yeah. <laughs> We've been sat at the yeah. table for like an hour already. Yeah, yeah. man. Just not, not doing anything. Um, Drinking tea, eating biscuits. Mm. Friday night, we now have to... Yorkshire tea. We now have to live... Oh yeah, actually we should say that before we crack on. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Special thanks to Yorkshire tea, who sent us a huge fucking sack <laughs> of tea bags. <laughs> Um, just for the mentions we've given to them. So yeah, thanks for providing us um, tea to drink while we record, which is what we're always drinking, apart from the one that I shout them out is the one night I've ever drank beer while we're recording. So. But it's Friday night, you know? Yeah, you've got to let your hair down a little bit on a Friday. Mm. What beer is that, by the way, Bob? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of all the Brewdog beers, so if they want to send us any freebies... <laughs> They're definitely listening. Um... <laughs> Right, is that yeah? Should we crack through? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and ju- and just thanks to everyone who's been downloading and emailing as usual because we've the last few weeks have just been phenomenal. But yeah, just massive thanks. Great response the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. good effort, guys. And uh, I just want to say hello to Craig. He's a friend of mine and listens to the party. He's been listening for the last few weeks and trying to catch up. So mm. thanks for listening. Good luck. Cool. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he listens to this episode, that means he likes the pod because he would have got up to this episode. Yeah, he didn't quit unless didn't it's... quit after like the first what? Yeah, unless he's questions. doing it out of obligation. Because... Yeah, he, he's worried you're going to ask him like, "What do you think to the new one?" Did yeah, you like right, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, I loved it, man. It was, it was great. Yeah, we didn't do one last week. Like, oh, yeah, it was great. What are we doing this week, Tis? Uh, this week we have ancient Egypt. Oh, okay. Is the, I didn't realise it was going to be this specific. So it is ancient Egypt. It's to do with uh, a lot of stuff that we don't know about ancient... Well, I didn't know about ancient Egypt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, their history, potentially how old their civilization actually is. Mm. That's cool. Stuff like that. I wasn't expecting this episode. I, like, Obviously, you sort of teased it last night when we mm-hmm. were texting. But before that, I was not expecting this episode at all. And... I, it's one I've been really looking forward to, but one I really didn't want to do myself because it's like heavy research. Yeah. No no pressure to this, but if there's any episode that I know Rachel will listen to, it'll yeah. be this one. Okay. Okay. Well, make not, it no. good. Beast Wife's actually going to listen to one of our shows. The reason, and not Hi, like Rach. her, she's not listening to it, she's not listening to it like, oh, I'm going to listen to this and see what he says. There's she's some of these dickheads are talking about Interested. No, no, no. She, well, she studied Egyptology mm-hmm. and she's like fascinated by it. So she's really excited to hear what you've got to say. So much. She might not I like am as well. what I've got to say. <laughs> but nah, it's not what I've got to say. It's just uh, the opinions of various, I don't know, other people. I mean, so I know almost nothing. Or well, what I mean is I've listened to every conversation that my wife's had with me about Egypt. But mm. apart from that, but you don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I know nothing about ancient Egypt. So uh, It's a subject close to my heart because I love ancient Egypt. You went to Egypt, Always, didn't you? Yeah. You've been to Egypt? Always loved. You've been to yeah. Egypt? Yeah. yeah, to Egypt. I've been to Egypt. To Egypt. You've both been to Egypt? Yeah. yeah. I've never we didn't been go to together. Egypt. No. <laughs> I wouldn't go now. I went uh, on a cruise down the Nile, saw all the Valley of the Kings, Valley of the Queens. Yeah. He did yeah. proper Egypt. He did like... 
uh, pyramids and stuff. I didn't. I was just like scuba diving and stuff. Hasn't oh, nice. the um, <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like scuba diving, um, snorkeling and scuba diving. Like isn't um, isn't hasn't the pyramids is just like just like a big dump around it. I never visited the pyramids. Oh, you never you? went to the pyramids? Oh, I was like, the only I mean, thing I never went to the pyramids. <laughs> so, so you did all the, well, yeah. you did proper, you did like history, you yeah. know, trip. So can you believe we've both been to Egypt <laughs> and neither of us have seen a pyramid? Yeah, never. It's like if I went to, it's like when you went to Japan and never eating sushi. Yeah, I did eat loads of sushi. No, but what I mean oh, is yeah, it'd yeah. be the same as you doing. Yeah, you yeah. didn't, yeah. But um, no, I've heard that they're quite underwhelming. Because yeah, I've heard you can pretty much see like McDonald's <laughs> Underwhelming. From what? Well, yeah, I guess the surrounding is probably a bit shit now. I think, it, well, like, year, obviously, a thousand years ago, it would have been... It's amazing, not like how it looks but... in the pictures. No. In reality, you're, like, a stone's throw from, like, McDonald's, and there's loads of, like, touristy, like, bollocks trying to sell you shit all yeah, around yeah. the actual thing. That's, That's like the everything same, isn't it? It's the same the as world. anywhere you go. When you go to the Eiffel Tower, it's, like, I find a lot and horrible. The actual, yeah. um, like, wonders, whatever you go to see in these cities and countries are always my least favourite things yeah. it's the other stuff which is amazing yeah. having said that I loved the Great Wall when we went to China it was like oh, my right. favourite thing is it did you have the shits the whole time you were there <laughs> no 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 that was the night before <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> when like... you squatted along the wall you told me <laughs> you were dying for a shit when you were on the Great yeah, Wall I of managed, China I managed to hold it in yeah but it may have ruined your day um, no not enough for uh... obviously not he's got fond memories no I held it in until we got to the toilets for the uh... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back on. Like, if uh, anyone's listening to this, their first episode, it really is a bad indication of. No, what... it's not. It's a perfect every yeah. time. I would say we're not this crass normally. Straight mm, up. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, we've only been. Well, we, we yeah, normally anyway, lull them in a little bit. Let's leave look. it. Well, I've got a lovely video to show you guys to get us jump let's straight in. It. Okay. Um, I'm excited. Magical Egypt. Magical Egypt. Episode two. The Old Kingdom and the Still Older Kingdom. That's it. So hole. is this a TV series? Yeah, it's okay. eight episodes. So this is a clip from the TV series like a DVD, Egypt. DVD series. In this episode, we'll be exploring acknowledged Old Kingdom Egypt, dating from about 2700 to 2200 BC, and we'll be providing evidence for unacknowledged and highly controversial Still Older Kingdom Egypt, stretching back perhaps tens of thousands of years. This notion is dismissed, often ridiculed, by academic scholars of today. However, the ancient Egyptians themselves in several chronological tablets and papyri detail the existence of these earlier periods of their own history. They talk of long periods when Egypt was ruled by the Necheru, the gods or principles themselves, and then another long period when Egypt was ruled by the Shemsuhor, the companions or followers of Horus. The ancient tablets give the names of the kings and the regnal years, and when this is computed out, it comes out to something like 36,000 years. This is, of course, anathema to our contemporary scholars who ascribe these writings to the fantasy and romance of the ancient primitive mind. This assumes that contemporary scholars know more about ancient Egyptian history than the ancient Egyptians themselves. Think of Old Kingdom Egypt and the first images that come to mind will likely be the pyramids of Giza and the Great Sphinx. These, Egyptologists assure us, are products of the fourth dynasty, around 2500 BC. Prior to the Pyramid Age, Saqqara went up, the great necropolis 10 miles south of Giza. Today, Saqqara is an impressive ruin. Even after three quarters of a century of extensive restoration and repair, it's still difficult to imagine Saqqara in its original massive, elegant, pristine glory. But a faithful architectural reconstruction comes as something of a revelation. This went up around 2700 BC. In and of itself, it seems to contradict the notion that this is a civilization barely emerging from primitivism, a civilization obsessed with death, possessing no real science, mathematics, astronomy, slavishly worshiping a pantheon of animal-headed gods. Something doesn't fit. And before Saqqara, there are the mud-brick tombs of the kings of the first and second dynasties, around 3000 BC. Ruinous today, but originally covered in brightly colored adobe. The paint is gone, but some of the adobe is still in place 5,000 years later. This gives us some idea of the preservative qualities of the Egyptian climate. And as we shall see, it has some relevance to our redating of the Great Sphinx of Giza 
and of ancient Egypt in general, for we are told that Egyptian civilization began at this time, around 3000 BC, and before that, arising as if by magic out of primitive Neolithic settlements, producing crude pottery, crude agricultural implements and the like, nothing that would suggest the glory of Saqqara to say nothing of the pyramids and sphinx, supposedly just a few centuries in the future. There is a contradiction and a problem here, sometimes acknowledged, rarely addressed by the academic fraternity. It might be equivalent to going from the first horseless carriage to the contemporary Porsche or Mercedes with effectively nothing in between. Perhaps even more astonishing is the fact, also acknowledged but seldom addressed, that Egypt was at its height early in the Old Kingdom. Nothing produced by Egypt thereafter surpassed and seldom equaled the masterpieces of the Old Kingdom. Moreover, it's generally accepted that in Egypt, all of the sciences, mathematics, astronomy, medicine, the hieroglyphs, the religious system, were all in place by Old Kingdom times, with no indication or little indication of a period of development. 500 years to go from this to this? Here are the facts. Around 3000 BC, dynastic Egypt appears almost out of nowhere. Artistically and architecturally, it starts simply. No stone structures, but massive mud brick tombs and small but accomplished stone and ivory artifacts. Yet it would appear that the sciences are already intact and fully developed. Mathematics, astronomy, medicine, the complex enigmatic funerary texts, that knowledge is the legacy. And it takes but a few centuries to bring the execution of that knowledge, architecturally and artistically, to perfection. Uh, is that the stop? Uh, uh, yeah, for the moment, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think to that? Interesting. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> like I say, I'm so um, ill-educated um, in Egyptian things, anyway. Mm. So anything, like you could tell me any fact, and I'll be like, "Oh right, okay," because I have no idea. Mm. But this guy's saying basically that they, their findings are that actually the stuff we consider ancient Egypt is way older, yeah, yeah. than than we even think. Well, he's saying that um, at the moment we date ancient Egyptian civilizations to about 3,000 years ago, mm-hmm. or 5,000 years ago. Yeah, 3,000 BC, right? Yeah, he thinks that actually... Well, he he takes a bit of a more uh, out-there stance where he thinks it could be 35,000 years. Wow. Which yeah. would mean 30,000 years of unaccountable wow. history of mm. the human civilization. Uh, that's a long time. Yeah. Considering... We're only in the year 2016. Yeah. Get your head around that. Get your noggin around that. um, Where does he get that from? Just like his... Or is is he saying... Because that's what I didn't get from the video. Is he saying that he's got his own findings or that historians are fairly aware of that? They're just not really addressing it. Yeah, basically it's from his own findings, um, from reading Egyptian hieroglyphs Mm -hmm. and taking the Egyptians at their word rather than... And he's saying that the time frame that we've been given in terms mm. of ancient Egypt isn't enough of a time frame for the leaps of yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. technology and thing that it would have it would have taken way longer for them to make those jumps. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense in mm. terms of time. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so he takes a lot more of an out there thing. There's a geologist called Robert Schott who I think says that the Sphinx would be at least 12,000 years old. Wow. Judging by... Um, and this is where Egyptologists... That's from, sorry, that's from a geological standpoint. Geological... Looking at the rock. And looking at uh, the Sphinx. Right. Um, because there's water erosion on the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So there, right. there's water erosion on the Sphinx. On the Sphinx. Um, Egyptologists would have us believe that it's uh, dust and wind damage. Um, but there's a, a bit in this video, which I'll show you in a sec, which is Robert Shock basically showing you, you know, where the water damage is and this and that. And there hasn't been water in the Nile Valley for 12,000 years. Right. Mm. So it would have to be about 12,000. So he takes the more conservative mm-hmm. view that he says, well, it, and rather than, you know, just throw it all back 35,000 years or whatever, he says, well, it has to be at least 12,000 years old. Okay. He's so not saying how far, but it has to no, be at yeah, least he, this far. Because he's, he's still, I mean, this whole thing is is ridiculed by Egyptologists mm-hmm. um, for reasons. I mean, yeah, who knows? Um, this jump in technology, yeah, 
Isn't that when the aliens visited, though, and gave them all their tech? Well, potentially. <laughs> That's the interesting thing about the Egyptians, is that it is acknowledged by even Egyptologists that the start of the Egyptian civilization, they had everything. Mm. And then gradually, as time went on, they lost mm. they lost touch with all this right. knowledge and sacred stuff. and Started resting on their laurels. Basically, yeah. Like, they built all the amazing things early on, and then dynastic Egypt eventually, you know, lost it all, and then they, you know, when the Romans came, destroyed them, that was it. So why why is it, or don't you know, why is it that Egyptologists, like, poo-poo this? My theory, and the theory of other people, is that if you disrupt the apple cart, mm. and they're trying to sell apples then they're not going to be happy, you know? Egyptologists mm. spend their whole they life... They put too much work into the theories that are already set in. Yeah, the mm. groundwork we have and the stuff we have in stone, you know, people have spent their entire lives, released papers, and if that was to come tumbling down, their life's work would basically be a lie. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, yeah, you'll always have that, and you have vested interests in as well, where some, some, ty- some scientists would never let you like mm. rock the boat as it were yeah it's almost but... like um if you come up with a new theory they're like no no, no we've already done that bit yeah no yeah. no that's it that's done we've answered that one go and research something else they don't yeah because they don't want to discredit because uh, it's done they just it's discredit. Yeah, we're done. yeah we're done well, we've graham, done else. graham hancock i don't know if you had a graham hancock he used no. to be a columnist and now he's like a ancient uh, he's an ancient civilization used to write books on ancient civilizations and stuff like that. He okay. wrote Fingerprints of the Gods, which is a really good book. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of that book. all this stuff. Mm. Uh, and he basically, yeah, got, um, I don't know what the word is, ostracized mm-hmm. from the intellectual community because of these things that he said. And he didn't say that this is the thing. He just said that, you know, we should be looking into this. And you know, mm. straight away it was met with resistance where he thought naively that it wouldn't be that, They'd sort of say, oh, okay, we'll look into that. And what happened was the opposite. They just said, no, we've got history sorted and that's it. We've got history sorted. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, yeah. Could the Great Sphinx itself be a relic from prehistory? Perhaps the most visible example of an advanced civilization in Egyptian prehistory is that the Great Sphinx itself, although the head was quite obviously recarved in dynastic times, the body and the man-made courtyard in which it sits shows signs of heavy water weathering. R.A. Schwaller de Lubitz spent decades in Egypt resurrecting the seemingly lost science of the ancient. In a discussion of the development and prehistory of Egypt, he notes, A great civilization must have preceded the vast movements of water that passed over Egypt, which leads us to assume the Sphinx already existed, sculpted in the rock of the West Cliff at Giza, that sphinx whose leonine body, except for the head, shows indisputable signs of aquatic erosion. It all begins, actually, from a single line of Schwala de Lubitsch in, in one of his ancillary books called Translated Now, it is translated as, as Sacred Science, and the king of the pharaonic theocracy, in which he is looking into the Egyptian belief that ancient Egypt goes way back before dynastic Egypt. It's a strange thing that this whole theory should meet with such intense opposition from academic Egyptologists when the historical precedents are all there. I mean, I'm basically doing what Schliemann did when he looked for Troy. He simply took Homer at his word and said, yeah, he's not making up a story. There's a, there's a city there somewhere. And he followed the leads in the, in the Odyssey and found Troy. Well, really, we're doing the same thing. The Egyptian texts themselves talk about these long periods, thousands and thousands and thousands of years, when Egypt was ruled first by the Necheru, the gods themselves, and then, which I take to mean realized human beings, godlike human beings, and then another long period when Egypt is ruled by the Shemsuhor, which means the companions of the followers of Horus. And the dates given, the Egyptians don't give dates in X number of years, but they actually list the names of the kings who ruled during these long periods and the regnal years. And if you add all of that stuff up, you end up with something like 34, 36,000 years, which of course is unimaginable in, in the modern idea of how history begins and all the rest. But simply by taking it literally, you end up with a totally different picture of Egypt. And so Schwaller was writing this long chapter, quoting extensively from these various writers, Pliny and Plutarch and Strabo and all sorts of people. And then at the very end of this chapter said, 
This is our throwaway line. And then, of course, the Sphinx has been weathered by water and not by wind and sand. And that was the thing with me that just clicked. Water weathering here in the middle of the Sahara Desert where there hasn't been any water to speak of for at least 7,000 years. The Sahara itself, a relatively new desert forming somewhere around 10,000 BC. When I read that, line and Schwaller almost thrown away in an argument supporting the ancient Egyptian belief or conviction that their own civilization stretched back many thousands of years, I realized that perhaps here was the key because water weathering was a geological question. It should be up to the geologists, not the Egyptologists and the archaeologists, to decide what caused that weathering. But geology, the matter of water weathering, that I felt at least in principle you could prove. And so that started off this long odyssey. West enlisted the help of geologist Robert Schock to present a revised model of Egyptian history based on geological data, including the evidence that suggests that this man-made structure shows signs of exposure to weather conditions that haven't been present since the harsh end of the last ice age. I'm standing in a vertical fissure on the southern wall of the Sphinx enclosure. This vertical fissure was clearly formed by water running down the wall. It would pick out the weak spots in the rock open them up into these fissures. This is clear evidence to me as a geologist that this erosional feature we see was caused by rain beating down on the rocks. So what do you think? There we go, straight from the geologist's mouth. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. One, when he's talking about when he looks at the dates of the kings mm -hmm. and takes it back to, I don't know, whatever. 35,000 years. Is there a way that he could have got his maths wrong? Do you think? Uh, yeah, because he said there's no dates of years. It's just lists of kings. They yeah. they did their dates by who was ruling. Yeah. So how is he say like one king could have been a king for a week, but then our queen has been. And I think it's got the a... length of the regency. Right. The length of how long they ruled. But how and... does he know how long they ruled? Because he said they didn't. Oh, no, have it says... dates. no, it doesn't have dates. Oh, but there's one bit where it says they rule for this many years, yeah, and yeah. then there's another bit where it's like oh, right. a list of kings. So he's like, oh, they had that many kings, and that king was that, and they added it all together. Yeah, yeah, that's got it. it. Yeah. When um, maybe he meant thirty-five thousand days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all it's all really interesting, and the the problem with all this stuff is like with ancient Egypt and the history we've got is like Ra Ra Rachel was saying when when it came to her Egyptology lectures, they were using the Bible to. Like as a reference point yeah. for the kings. We talked about that a little bit yeah, on the yeah. belief episode so with Swift. The thing that interests me is that they can't have that much because they they had to reference. Yeah, that a was like the most text. reliable text they had. So they can't. Although it is a reliable text, otherwise they wouldn't use it. Then like there's obviously not enough out there, hmm. um, which makes this really interesting. Um, the other thing I thought of was: um, Are they saying with the Sphinx because it like I thought of it to begin with as that it would be like in the middle of a river or like in, like actually, almost like the Sphinx head would be like there. Do you know what I mean? Like it's swimming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it may, it sounds to me like it would have been like almost like flood, like rainwater. Yeah, that would yeah. Have like event over time. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's rainwater, not. Yeah. Yeah, it was rain submerged. They couldn't, they I don't know why I was thinking of the Sphinx. They like... couldn't carve it under the water. They thought, oh, that's scuba diving gear, it's like chiseling out the feet. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't, if, if it's as old as they think it is, it could have, they could have been a period of time before the rains. It's like, but when it was a desert the first time around, it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's really interesting, um, but there's not, that, yeah, there's not an awful lot out there that, no, um, that can actually suggest but the problem is, is that they've got geologists now, mm. and geologists recognise that there is water water erosion. Mm -hmm. uh, no Egyptologist has answered this, or mm. so even with the geologist like, saying, like, "Look, the, I'm a geologist. I know what water damage looks like. This is water damage." Yeah. Then the Egyptologists are just like, la, 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 pretty la, much. La, la. See, I don't see a bit like that. I don't see it. I think. Depending on your profession, you see truth differently, don't you? So you're yeah. taught, as a historian, you would be taught, I don't know, I mean, I don't, I, like maybe it's that the Egyptologists are looking at it like, no, 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 it's, it's dust, it's like dust, it's wind, it's that's, this is what, hmm. so maybe they've looked for other stuff and gone, no, that's what wind erosion looks like. But that's not the their specialised field, is it? They should be hmm. asking someone who's specialised field No, I guess not. 
I, I work on a building site, doesn't mean I know how to plumb a toilet. Yeah, yeah. I go and yeah. get the plumber around to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's the big problem, because, you know, if they could say, say, well, yeah, this is why, cool. But the fact that they're ignoring it is just, mm. yeah. It is, it is almost like a difference of professional opinion, isn't it? Like, eventually, it'd have to come to a point where the Egyptologists would have to say, okay, all right fine you know we give in let's let's go down a different route let's not mm. but like, what would be so this dude who's telling us about how old egypt is what what is like what's the end goal what what are they trying to prove well he's just like, trying to are they just trying to say that essentially egypt ancient egypt is way more ancient than basically yeah. it's right, yeah, cool. yeah. it's more like you know it's... i didn't know if he went into like the alien stuff or oh no no he's literally just oh, okay. like ancient egypt and that, that is still really interesting because that the has alien a lot of stuff is more like no they they ever they um their technology got better, better that quick because they had alien technology he's saying like no actually they had this amount of time which is how their technology yeah so it would have that's where it would yeah. come from yeah well that's obviously much more believable than than but i didn't well, know whether he was somewhat aliens <laughs> um no i suppose aliens could have done it no, it's really interesting that that's... Yeah, I've never heard this yeah. theory at all. And also, um, I guess, the sort of... You know, if this was true, or if all this stuff culminates into some sort of truth, then we haven't accounted for, what, like 5,000 years of Egyptian history? Mm, which is a big chunk of human history that potentially could give us more insight into... Mm. Anything really, and it's, if the civilization lasted that long, yeah, it makes us look like a bunch of fucking noobs. Yeah, I think we totally. know everything, and we've been around for nothing. Well, the so there's another. I've got a picture here. Well, we've only ever known as much as any other human on the planet ever because no one's lived for thirty five thousand years. So everyone's a noob, aren't they? Hmm. So there's a, the, one of the theories um, pertaining to how old it is is um, like the exact date. Is due to they think that the Sphinx is they think that the Sphinx they think, they think the Sphinx is uh, made to commemorate the age of Leo. Well, oh, okay. Uh, which would work? Uh, I think it's about ten thousand years ago. Who's Leo? The, Leo the Lion. The Leo, uh, the constellation Leo. Oh right. Um, the Sphinx oh, so points due east at the actual constellation, and also the pyramids uh, line up with Orion at exactly the same time. Oh, okay. So that's why some people postulate maybe so ten thousand years for the celebration of Leo, because they had all the astrology on their uh, hieroglyphs. And stuff, yeah, didn't yeah. They? They'd discovered and the astrology for Orion. Oh, it makes you wonder what they would have done for the astrology. others if they came around, wouldn't it? Yeah. Giant fish. I don't know what the other ones are. Scales. Crab. Crab. That's Cancer. Capricorn. That's a ram. Is it? Hmm? What's Scorpio? Scorpio is a big scorpion. Is it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> You don't know this? I don't really follow no, it, do I? We should have talked about this on the astrology episode rather than this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out and edit back into... Yeah, okay. Astrology's going to go down. I'm going to re-put it back on. So, yeah, so that sort of opens up the history books again and sort of says that we don't really know what's going on. Yeah, again, we don't know as much as we think we think we know. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, I was listening to a podcast earlier... Uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, mm -hmm. with Graham Hancock, and they were saying that the maps that we base our maps on, um, I think it was, if you, if you go back to really early maps, before we'd, I think we discovered Antarctica in 1800s. Right. And around then, the maps just had a big hole where Antarctica was supposed to be. Yeah. But if you go back before then, all the old maps that were based off, apparently, old older maps that never made it. Mm-hmm. Um, that we were like, we can't prove that, so we just like chuck that one aside. Yeah. So, well, basically, the maps that we base our own map off mm. have been have come off older and older and older maps, mm -hmm. and apparently, these maps back in these old like ten thousand years time, that's when these maps were made. And if they knew about Antarctica mm. and stuff like that, that mean that suggests that a civilization not only uh, lived that long ago, but also had the technology to explore and mm, yeah. map the world. Very accurately. Yeah, yeah. They're using the spacecraft, aren't they? Very accurately. And there's also vases in that TV show um, that he shows that literally couldn't be made by machines these days. They're so intricate, and the way that they're made 
we we don't have the technology available well, we couldn't even right now. Like we couldn't replica. recreate it, no. Well, surely couldn't. even by hands? Not in the same way. We could recreate it, but not in the way that they've created it. They've created it perfect, like like perfect. Like the whole thing is a one piece, and it goes round. Have jobs and craft, and craft, yeah, our craft has got worse. We've got more stuff to do. How did they build the pyramids? How? Hmm. Oh, Cranes, God, machinery. I don't know. That's something that we have to... I, f- I think this Egypt episode is going to be like an ongoing episode, really, because it's... Well, there's loads of different things. So this much. is like ancient Egypt. Yeah, yeah. But then you can do an episode about the alien side. The alien and ones, And you yeah. can do an episode about the mysteries of the pyramid and the yeah, kings yeah. and stuff. And how it was made. Because I know that it is... I've heard... I don't know exactly, so I don't want to like go into it. But... What if it's 35,000 years of history? We're not going to wrap it up in an hour, are we? I know that the pyramids, <laughs> yeah. uh, the way that they're made as well, we couldn't make today. No, that's the they're thing. That's why I asked an you. I was if perfect. I think they point as well like to true north. Oh, really? Like they're bang on like the people who made them had the technology and know-how to map from above very advanced spell out anything no (laughs) (laughs) love you possibly link up with well that's the thing if that if lol (laughs) the um the 10,000 year ago thing the if you went back 10,000 years the constellations would perfectly line up with the pyramids with Orion's belt Mm. uh, with the thing yeah and and the sphinx with Leo like perfect and you know the Sphinx is a, a lion. And it's weird that their astrologies, the symbols and everything are the same, basically yeah. as ours. Yeah. yeah, I imagine. Yeah, we probably derived a lot from ancient Egypt. Mm. But um... but they would have like you know even even when you read the Bible, they you know you had you know the three kings that we talk about or you know the three kings they weren't they wouldn't have been kings. They would have been astronomers. Mm. That would have followed a star and known where it would have been going. So, so they it, this is yeah you're like this is all. You know, this is all very old, very, very ancient. Mm. Like Nikki was talking about in the astronomy. Yeah, she said it's the same thing. Very old it's stuff. almost too old. You can't trace the origins of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The accuracy. She's saying the accuracy of it was has been built for so many years. There's almost got to be something in it because it's been followed for like thousands of years. Um, the thing from that video clip I just remembered, sorry, um, which I found really interesting. He was saying um, the way they're tracking the the history. I'm getting into it now. Is um. Like he was like, well, stop trying to just look at stuff and make out what happened. Look at what they wrote, mm. um, because they're just recording their history there for us, and we're not even paying attention to it. If you yeah, just, yeah. They're literally telling us just read it, just yeah. work out how to read it first. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying um, there was like the different ages, and there was the age of the gods, and so because they're saying, oh, there was gods walking the earth, people discredit it as being like folklore. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, no, they might just be kings, but they were sort of like godlike Revered. figures. Yeah, Revered I found gods. that really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, he does say a lot that Egyptologists don't tend to listen to Egyptians themselves. Yeah. They know more about the history than the Egyptians. Well, it's in the same way um, as Jesus. A lot of people would agree that Jesus was an actual person. Mm. It's whether or not they think of him as a god or as the son of God or whatever mm. is yeah. the discrepancy. So if you if someone found our stuff and years later, they'd be like, oh, yeah, there was this god among the men mm. called Jesus. Yeah. But, depending on who you talk to, not necessarily a god, just a man who was around at that time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that that makes sense to me, how they would... People don't discredit when it uses the word god. It might just mean yeah. these like, powerful, Very wise powerful, person, wise, yeah. It depends on the god-like interpretation kings. as well. Yeah. You know, it depends on what people are interpreting and, and how, you know, so many different historians would vaguely agree on similar things but they all have very different theories or they all have different angles that they come from as they look at things differently so you know my wife is a history teacher and the other history teachers in her school you know when they're looking at the war or you know whatever they're looking at they'll all agree on key principles but there'll be loads of different things that they will think of differently and it must have been the same with the ancient egyptians they must have they when they were recording stuff I can't imagine how much work must go into trying to decipher what they really meant. Mm. So who's to say that that's right? Who's to say that it's not even way older than 35,000 years? Mm. Who's to say that, you know, and I'm sure he would be the first person to say, well, you know, it might not be, it might be older than that. But we need to acknowledge that it is at least, or that this thing is at least 7,000 years old or however old he said. Also, the markings and hieroglyphs he was looking at in that video, to me, they seemed really accurate. They didn't look like 
rubbishy cave paintings, like some of the ones I've seen, they looked like really well laid out. Like he was like, this is their math mathematics and stuff. And it looked like if I sat there for long enough, I could probably work it out. It looked really clear and you could tell it was maths and stuff like that on the wall. Mm. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. So like the biggest argument against it from Egyptologists is, you know, they when they postulate that they had old civilizations with lots of good technology, they say, well, where is the technology? Where is all this stuff? Yeah. And I've got that video that we can watch, which is a video of what would happen to the current things we have now. If humans disappeared. If humans disappeared. And it kind of, it just illustrates that within a certain thousand years, everything would be gone. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how technology advanced we think we are right now, if we left, you know, in, in 10,000 years, another civilization, they would not know anything about us. The only thing that would be left would be our plastic. Okay. Which didn't exist in Egyptian times. And probably they were too smart to make plastic because it's a poisonous thing that, you know. So, yeah, let's watch that video. Do you not have any plastic belonging? Imagine that all people suddenly disappeared from the planet. The reason is irrelevant. Just imagine the result. Now we are going to tell you what is going to happen after we are gone. Several hours after humanity disappears, lights all around the world will start to shut down, since most power stations work on fossil fuel. Without people, there won't be anybody to charge them, so they will stop. 48 hours after registering a sudden drop in energy consumption, nuclear power plants will switch to safety mode. Windmills will keep working until the lubricant runs out. Solar panels will also eventually become useless due to dust deposits. Nearly every region, except for the ones supplied by hydroelectric power stations, will have their power cut off. On the west of the United States, the generators of Hoover Dam are activated by the water flow from Lake Mead. Thus, it can be left unattended for several months or even years. Two or three days after we vanish from the planet, most metros in the world are going to be flooded because the pumps that protect them from the underground waters won't work without people. After 10 days, pets locked at home will start dying of starvation and dehydration. Billions of chickens and millions of cows, as well as other farm animals, will be dead. Those who manage to make their way out will enter a ruthless fight for survival. In the brutal world of real wildlife, there won't be a niche for decorative cat and dog breeds, and they will be the first to die out. Bulldogs' short legs and terriers' small jaws are going to become their main, and quite likely, deadly disadvantages. A few weeks later, there won't be any small dog breeds left anymore. Big dogs will gather in packs and hunt down smaller breeds, as well as other animals. About a month after we disappear, all cooling water on nuclear power stations will have evaporated. This will lead to a series of explosions much stronger than the Fukushima and Chernobyl disasters. Millions of animals will die of cancer, but overall the planet will recover from the radioactive contamination rather fast and easily. One year after people disappear, strange stars will start to fall from the sky. During our space history, we took dozens of thousands of objects to the Earth's orbit. The highest satellites will fall after many years. After 25 years, three quarters or all squares and sidewalks will be covered with vegetation. Where there are plants, there are herbivorous animals, and where there is prey, there is always a predator. The surviving dogs will cross with the wolves that come to the former cities. Without us, the air will become much cleaner. In some cities, the visibility range will become several times longer. Cities like Dubai and Las Vegas will be buried in sand. The desert will take what belongs to it, so will all of nature. After 300 years, metal constructions such as the Eiffel Tower or steel bridges will start to break, since for all these years there won't be anybody around to paint and protect from corrosion. Steel rods in armed concrete will bloat up to three times of their initial thickness, and the last tall buildings will go down. Vast swamps, which formerly occupied America, will reappear and hundreds of bird and animal species will return to their unfairly taken home. Large marine animals will also be very glad not to see us. In the absence of humans, whales will thrive and reproduce to the maximum of the ocean's capacity to feed them. This is how modern cities will look after 500 years without people. After 10,000 years, the only reminiscence that people were here someday will be the remains of a few stone constructions, among which the pyramids in Egypt and the Great Wall of China Mount Rushmore National Memorial will be there almost intact for several hundreds of thousands of years. In 50 million years, plastic bottles and pieces of broken glass will be the last traces of our civilization. In another 50 million years, they will be gone as well. 
As you can see, our planet is quite sturdy and can get rid of all of our trash. If after 300 million years or later there will be a new rational species, they might not even notice there was a civilization before. So, our planet can perfectly do without us, but we can't without her. Save the planet. He was so, so cheerful about some of the stuff that wasn't very cheerful. Yeah, I know. It's like, the dogs will kill each other. All these dogs will kill each other. they got me. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to watch that video and see all the imagery that went up with it, along with um, clips from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you can find it on our blog, weirdtalesintheunexplainable.blogspot.com. I'll probably put that one on our Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Go on. Go on, find us on Facebook. <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, that... It's pretty, pretty obvious that anything left over from an ancient civilization, and we'll probably go into this in another episode about the Atlanteans and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, interesting. He said about like the stone structures are the ones that will hang around. Yeah. Um, makes me want to go and build something out of stone just so I'll be remembered. So that it stays around. Yeah. It'd have to be pretty big. Well, like Mount Rushmore. Well, uh, go and like etch your face into. I'll make a chest a out of stone. No, it makes, yeah, it makes, I don't know, it makes stone structure to me, that has shed a whole new lot on stone structure to me, and like, the immortality of it. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that, I knew if I was into art, metal, metal is... If I was into art, I would be like, make me want to get involved in stone structures. The gutting thing is, is that you can't carbon date stone. No. Uh, you have to carbon date the organic material found at the site. The mystery of it, though, like he was saying about Rushmore. Yeah. To the next, if we all died and there was a new generation, that would be our that sphinx. That would be our sphinx. They'd yeah. be like, who were these men? Who were these gods? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's really yeah. interesting. And it just sort of, I don't know, that sort of thing it isn't, I mean, this this whole thing that we're talking about is not just sort of, uh, what's the word, sort of, you know, brushed away. It's literally mocked. Mm. Like, how can you be so stupid? The Egyptians weren't that old. You know, They there's no way. Mm. And it's just, it doesn't seem that ridiculous to think that the Egyptians could have been a lot older than So whatever happened to the ancient Egyptians? Uh, I think the Romans were their downfall. I think they got on with the Greeks. The Romans were so brutal. It's very well known that the Egyptians were the font of all knowledge in the world at one point. Was there a civilization before them? Well... Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the question, isn't it? That is, that's why I asked Before it. the Egyptians, Atlanteans could could oh, be. I love the idea um, of Atlanteans. An interesting thing I found out the other day was that um, Plato writes about about one of his ancestors. He found some texts from his old ancestors that um, talk about the Atlanteans and the mm. fall of the Atlanteans. I love Atlantis and the Atlanteans. That's why yeah. Aquaman's one of my favourite heroes, man. Oh, really? Yeah, fucking don't mock Aquaman. It's so fucking cool. I love all that ancient Atlantis stuff. And the interesting thing about Plato's dating of the Atlanteans, it falls right smack in the time after the Ice Age where there was an, another um, catastrophic event called the Younger Dryas, which plunged the Earth into further chaos. And that was about twelve, thirteen thousand years ago. Mm. These, these scales of times—it's mm. like if you fair, I've had a can of beer or whatever. Mm. But the uh, the mellow of that and the idea of these time frames is making my brain melt. Oh, really? It's like I can't take like you can only take like things that are relevant to you. Like yeah. So for me, how old am I? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight is like my lifetime. Mm. And when I think, okay, so my grandparents, how old are they? And then, so when you go back like 12, when you say numbers like 12,000, I can't 12, even years ago, relate yeah. in the mm. slightest. It's it's mind-meltingly huge scales of time. Yeah. The only thing that I can't buy yeah. is that I don't believe there would be that many historians that would just knock it off. Yeah. Because for all the scientists that would ignore new theories, there's way more that love what they do too much to be able to ignore new theories. I'm not so sure I believe that but do they just not just get see... shut down. I'm do not they so just sure not about that. see their life's work discredited. Yeah, but there's only going to be a handful of people who's ha- who have their life work discredited. And if it's if it, if it's credible, how could you ignore it? I'm not saying I don't agree with it or like I don't um Do you think, think Rachel amazing. would laugh in the face of the idea that Egypt was 35,000 years ago? I don't know because I don't really know much about it. <laughs> I don't know. I know I what you mean. mean. I, I find I, it hard I'm to believe. I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm just saying I'd struggle to believe that they would all yeah ignore it. What do you find easier to believe? Either 
around for that many thousands of years or aliens came down again in hand. Um, I find it easier to believe that maybe they haven't got conclusive enough evidence. That's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my answer would be, though. No, I think there's definite weight to it. I think there's definite mm. weight to what this guy's saying, and, you know, uh, why not? Why wouldn't it be that old? I'm just... I would like to know. I would like to know more about. I would like to know why historians were so against the idea that it would be that old. Like, what mm. is their concrete proof? Like, no, it can't be that old because, and they doesn't seem like there is mm. that. From what I've heard from listening to Graham Hancock, and I mean, it's only one side of the story, so it can't be hundred percent. I mean, I trust their their word, but that's just my personal thing. But. From what I've heard is that historians and scientists and people like that are very ego driven mm-hmm. and you know they don't like their paradigm being mixed up they're not very open minded as much as you would think they would be mm-hmm. uh, like you said about scientists actually the interesting thing is uh, um another thing another episode that I want to do is to do with morphic resonance, a theory uh postulated by Rupert Sheldrake, which is again an interesting theory, but science openly. Uh, sort of chastises Sheldrake for these findings and doesn't have an open mind and doesn't even want to look into the possibility of it. The way that I think about humans is that we are just very ego-driven and that is the crux of history. You know, we can't find out stuff because humans get in the way. Personal vendettas and personal things get in the way of real progress. People put themselves before real information. Well, they want legacy. The only yeah. lasting thing is legacy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. doesn't and matter then, how much money you've got in your life, whatever, it's your legacy. But then I guess mind. people, I, I would question like what kind of legacy is important to people now. Because I think that the meaning of legacy and the meaning of success has changed. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I I just success think is different. Who there must be to. a reason. There must be a reason that this is being mm. ignored. I can't. I just can't believe that out of thousands of Egyptologists out there, mm. they're ignored. I the the only thing I can give the only thing I can think of is this is coming back to this idea of truth and that people perceive it differently. So like for example, if you take a scientist and historian their idea of truth is going to be completely different because a historian's going to look at the fact that okay so let's let's talk about JFK his assassination i've got 50 different eyewitness accounts of it all of them are very different very different but all of them are true mm-hmm. because they were all there so they all saw it just because they saw it differently none of the accounts are the same whereas a scientist would look at it and say no there's only one truth and like, well, no, no, you have to consider that different people have different opinions. Like, no, 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 there's only one. So I think it, like, it depends on. I guess it would depend, and I would hope that historians, the the ones with less of an ego, the ones that do it because they love history, would want to like combat this silly. But that makes me wonder thing. why they wouldn't hear out alternate arguments. Maybe they're the maybe they're speaking to the wrong people. Maybe <laughs> they're doing. By speaking to the ones who are worried about their legacy, they're not, you know, maybe if they went into the universities and spoke to students. So the Sphinx, the historians I've just read, they're um, basing their idea of when the Sphinx was built off um, pharaohs, which is, I can't even read the names, Kafari. Kafari um, is credited by most Egyptologists with building the Great Sphinx and Second Pyramid of Giza, around 2500 BC. Egyptologists, geologists and others have rejected the water erosion hypothesis and the idea of an older sphinx, offering various alternative explanations for the cause of the date of the erosion. Coming to the erosion, I text Rachel and asked her opinion on the difference in the dating, and she's actually weighed into something, and she's kind of agreeing here. She's saying... Well, the difference in dating is due to the problems of carbon dating. The discrepancy would be accounted for... Had there have been a worldwide flood, which and she's put in the text, which we obviously believe in as as Christians, that's what we. Okay, so that's so she's Noah. saying, yeah. So she's saying, but she's then ended it by saying other historians wouldn't care because true history doesn't care about the dates but the lessons. So yeah. again, so what that's she's another, saying is it that's depends like on different history. It depends yeah. on the historians because mm. as I know, the Rachel lo- she just loves history, mm-hmm. and it's not really about you know the dates or the you know she's looking. At the evidence, and so as as a Christian, she's looking at that and saying, "Well, 
I believe they could have been a worldwide flood if that's what history is telling us. Mm. And so that would fit in with what you're saying about the Sphinx. They would have that and erosion the, over time. And also that would fit in with the theory of the Younger Dryas, which is the yeah. event that happened 12,000 yeah, years exactly. ago. Yeah, so, exactly. Oh. So she's saying, effectively, she's agreeing. She's saying, yeah, that's that. But unfortunately, some historians... And that's that's what I mean. If if, if only... Maybe, mm. maybe he is. But if he was to speak to, quote-unquote, the wrong people, as in not academic scholars if yeah. he was to speak to us yeah uh, like, no but do you know what i mean i think yeah, it's, yeah. it's a shame because i think you're right maybe people do poo poo it well the problem is as well if you think imagine if the egyptologist was like a community imagine the person at the top says nah the people at the bottom trying to make a name for themselves trying to make it in the industry you know i don't know what the industry is but trying to make it as an egyptologist if they go against this person what's going to happen mm. they're going to be cast cast out so the threat of being cast out by your peers, I would say, is a bigger mm. carrot for not coming forward about the Sphinx thing. Because if there was this flood, which would then explain the corrosion and explain all the other stuff we've just seen. Younger dryers. That's the one. Some some people say, well, yeah, that makes sense. That fits in. Whereas other people who might not agree with that so much, well, don't, don't be so ridiculous. How could there be a worldwide flood? How would that even work? Mm. Where? How would you come? Where's the? Where's the proof? Where's the mint in that? Mm. It's really interesting. Mm, this is this is sparking some very the, the interesting <laughs> discussion. The younger Dryas is another episode in itself as well, because and I'll end on this bit actually. The the thing that a lot of historians have said is, well, okay, if the Egyptians lasted that long, we need something. We need something in the world which says that hunter gatherers. You know, it wasn't just hunter gatherers twelve thousand years ago. We need more conclusive proof there wasn't just hunter gatherers because that's what the theory is. It's hunter gatherers from twelve thousand years until Egyptians, and then suddenly, you know, magic and stuff, mm. which is ridiculous. But that's history as we know it. Mm. But they found—I don't know if you've heard of it—Gebekli Tepe no, in Turkey. Uh, they found Gebekli Tepe, which is the equivalent of about thirty Stonehenges that were buried underneath wow. a hill in Turkey. Um, perfectly preserved because they buried it. No one knows why they buried it. Uh, and I'll try and get some pictures. These are real big structures. Yeah, um, they're, they're going at it at the moment, but they're, apparently they're going at it with like a teaspoon because it's modern archaeology. Yeah, yeah. It's taken so long That's crazy. To, un- to unearth. Um, I haven't heard of this at all. But they've carbon dated some of the stuff from Gebekli Tepe. So that. Oh, wow. That's like part of it. Not a lot of it's been excavated so far, but the parts they have excavated Whoa. on the surface, they've managed to carbon date to around 12,000 years ago. Pictures on the blog, guys. Pictures and that's, on the blog. that's, that's cool. all historians, even the, you know, they all agree. They can't, well, they can't argue with the, even the, with the, with the carbon dating yeah. of Gebekli Tepe. Yeah, well, you can have that one. And a lot of the. They don't talk like that. A lot of the big structures that are at Gebekli Tepe, I think that's one of the enclosures that would be there, like an artist conception. Gebekli Tepe. But it just, I mean, so that, at the moment, human history as we know it, that was built, look at that, that was built by hunter-gatherers with no tool use. This is no tool use. They didn't use tools. They literally just hunted and, and lived as humans. So this is taking away mathematics, tool use, art, science, astrology. They're saying that they don't have any of that. When clearly, you can see on the pillars, animal carvings, there's some heads there. Mm. Heads carved, mm. you know. They're quite intricate as well. It's not just like, you know, yeah. doodles. Uh... Yeah. You yeah. need tools for that. And also, like, you know, people just didn't start, you know, they didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build this. It has to happen over I love that of years even of if you evolution. go back to cavemen and like all this... There's still a sense of creativity in humans. The cave art, yeah. Yeah, I love it. The, the classic cave art. doesn't matter how long many years you go back, humans still need like an outlet for creativity. Mm. Um, Be it drawing on a cave wall or making a podcast. Sorry, just to go back to the, like, because this is this has helped me, like, this has helped my brain a lot. Um, it's helped it. It's helped it. With, um, with, the, with the water as well. Mm-hmm. The geologists, what they believe, the argument and another reason why there seems to be this slight friction and people not allowing people to, you know, date it truly, depending on, comes really does come down to what people think and how people view the Bible. Because mm-hmm. if they believe it fundamentally, then then yes, 
if they don't and it's just like a chronological thing and this is why it's this is why so when you were saying that it's down to like you know people like oh, it would be people discrediting their work well it is but it's also depending on what their views are of, of the ancient texts that they yeah, have yeah. so and that's something that's a big problem isn't it for a lot of people mm. Mm. So, lots to think spinning. about. I wasn't ready for this no, sort yeah. of heavy episode. I think it took oof. me a while to get into it. When I was watching the video, I was like, I think I'm getting this. I you yeah. audibly like, heard the it. point where I got it because I suddenly I said, oh, I'm getting it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this episode, without me knowing it, is kind of groundworks for another episode. It's, we do this every now and then. My first Aliens one. Yeah. All that was was like here's a new style of topic and since then we've all said like, I want to do an episode of this mm. type of alien this type and then this is like another almost historical groundwork for historical mm. episodes yeah because it's, it's weird and everything and the listeners can't say we don't give them variety when we no. this sort of stuff no, going yeah. on we've gone from Ouija boards <laughs> to ancient Egypt but yeah. yeah the ancient Egyptians seriously no matter what you think they knew their stuff they knew a lot more than what we do mmm which is why they're so fascinating. And, and they had 35,000 years to uh, <laughs> And they, to get they were together. the font of information of the world. Like, the Greeks looked to, the, to them mm. for everything. Um, I'm surprised that ancient Egypt gods and stuff aren't mined more in pop culture and stuff because you get so much to do with, like, the Greek gods. This is off track now. Because I always think, when I play God of War, mm. it's always the Greek gods. And I'm like... Can't they do this sort of game of like the Egyptian gods and mm. shit? Why haven't they done like Assassin's Creed in I ancient love Egypt? The Egyptian, if they do historical like, yeah. stuff in Assassin's Creed, there's not enough drawn from Egyptian. ancient Egypt yeah, yeah. in modern stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever played a video game set in ancient Egypt. No. Give me no. that. No, That'd yeah. be awesome. It's For me, great. Egypt is like my favourite civilization. They're yeah. just so interesting. What you be for all the magic? When you was a kid, was there any like civilization which you were like really interested in? Um, not really. No, I, I've kind of. I'm only really now having. Uh, Did you not read horrible histories? I guess I, I liked the Romans. Romans. I was I was more interested in their brutality. Yeah, I, I liked, liked Vikings. Um, oh, Vikings! Vikings were cool. cool. Yeah, I, liked, I wanted to um, like. Vikings. I didn't want to. I found Vikings cool because I liked the way they lived. Yeah. I found Romans interesting because the way they ruled. I loved Vikings, but the one that always grabbed me the most, I don't know why as well, I always loved the Aztecs. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was always interested in the Aztecs. The way mm. they dressed up like birds and their celebrations, and they made up sports and shit. They had to elbow balls and that. But basically anything loved it. anything that's as far removed from from like modern day... Mm. You know, yeah, so I was never interested always, in Victorians. I found I found Victorians boring. I found the war, the history, you mm. know, the wars really boring. A- any anything, anything like the Vietnam War, the Boer War, like just that's what really annoyed me about school. And a lot of that's why I wanted. I to guess do more English of. or UK people will understand that when you get to GCSE level and it goes to like Hitler and stuff, it's just like, God, well, can't I we be history. looking at Egypt? For my options, like, I took I history would have... and all we did literally for two years was like World War Two, yeah. Again and again and again. Yeah. I'm like, it's changing. Oh, it, that's all we did. Mm. It's changing. They've they've um, been asking for it for so long. But it's getting like, history teachers are bored of teaching it. But I don't know. I, I always, I just found it really boring. It's like, how much more can we talk about Nazis really? Mm. Yeah, I wanted, I did. I wanted to learn more about Vikings. Great villains. I wanted to know Zombies, a lot about Zombies, Nazis. <laughs> They're like the, the great villains. But yeah. yeah. I'm sick of learning about them. I think that's why I really enjoyed playing like Team Raider when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I liked, I liked the idea that there were all oh, these like, I, crazy I always, discoveries. That's what I liked about mysteries. Tomb Raider games. You're in, it's ancient stuff. It's investigating and stuff. That's fun. I love the Indiana Jones films. Yeah. Oh, Indy's so Indy great. Something that would be so much more interesting for history lessons would have been... Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. No, the <laughs> the origins of democracy from ancient Greece. Yeah. That would be much more of a. I don't know. It just, just didn't do it any seems of like that missed in the trick. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know for our American listeners what you study in your history. Mm. I guess American history is very different. civil war. Yeah, possibly got, they look at civil war and the, and the founding of America. The founding fathers. The, yeah. 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 But his, the way we study history in the UK is very dull. Very yeah. dull. We don't even really look at the English Empire that much, no, like the East India the Trading Empire Company, not, not a lot of people know about it. They do the Industrial Revolution, which I found just mind-numbingly dull. Yeah. 
anyone who it's likes one of those things which you kind of can't. as you get older you're like oh I suppose there's an interest in it but when you're at the stage of school it's like I don't care yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. care I'd, don't catch the imagination. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to think though that I don't know it depends doesn't it I don't know that my interest in history would have been enough for me to have even if it was about Vikings or Romans for it to I have think been like... if we were doing ancient Egypt Vikings cavemen I would have been all over history. For me, yeah. I would have been all over it. See, and I, I chose I... history, but only because it had a cooler trip than geography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Geography went to Swanage, and history went to Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll go history then. <laughs> yeah. The, I think, like, I, I'm the sort of person that I've um, I've become more interested in this kind of stuff as I've got older, and which is why, had I gone to university when I should have gone to university... I would have, I wouldn't have enjoyed. I wouldn't have studied. No. I wouldn't have done any work because I didn't. I wasn't interested in. It anything wasn't until, enough. and I think you know, we talked about this on with Swifty. Like you get to a certain age, you're like, where am, like, who am I? Where have I come from? Like, what is? And so now I'm really interested in history. As a kid, I, I just wouldn't have bothered. No. The thing that interests me most about this side of history as well is you can look back and you can see that they had all the technology and the know-how that we do, and yet they still crumbled into history. Mm. And it just shows you how fragile our own society is. Mm. You know, if the Earth wanted to, or you know, a cataclysmic event happened, that's it. You know, we're we're gone. Mm-hmm. On to the next civilization. It's not. It's not a case of like because we see ourselves as very firmly grounded because we've got but, TV and we've got houses. No, like definitely not. Like just a moment in time. Man. Everything we have can be gone within a few thousand years, forgotten about. But is is it's not a long time in the. Even if you live to be in your nineties, you know your your stamp on the earth is is nothing, and and that's what I'm saying at the start of the episode. Like, yes, we're destructive. Yes, we're the way we treat the planet is vile. But the way we we kind of like there seems we are very destructive. But the earth is far more resilient than we give it credit for. Like it would, yeah, like you say, it wouldn't take very long yeah. for us to be white. We'll wipe ourselves out before we wipe the earth out. Yeah, we'll all either kill each other or die or like get a disease. Or... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and on that note, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess that's that's all the information I've got at the moment. That was a really interesting episode. Thanks, yeah. Tis. Okay. Breath of fresh air. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's something that I've been looking into for the last few months. Cool, actually. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of those sort of podcasts. And mm. really I feel like we've had that. a great variety of episodes recently, and it's definitely showing with like the listenership. They seem to really be enjoying the diversity of topics recently. So yeah. we'll try and keep it up. And if you love the ancient Egyptians, let us know. We'll do some more. Yeah, we'll do some more anyway. I think we'll I definitely will do some more. Yeah. Do some, anything, yeah. if you like it or not, or anything we've covered, we'll go into more. Even if you hate it, we're going to do it anyway. And also, uh, I'd like to say about magical Egypt. If you want to watch it, purchase it. Uh, and support it because it's created mm. by uh, in the it's created independently. You can't get it on produced. Pirate Bay then, though. You can, but I'd say don't. I've never seen. I you always do this anything I really love. I must say I do yeah. go out and pay for like. I'd say support it. It's not a lot of money. I think the information that's in these DVDs as well, true or not, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, and it definitely yeah. I've I yeah support it. Cool. Do we do the links quickly? Yeah. Okay, so if you've enjoyed this or any of our other shows or got your own stories or anything, um, I know I said it ages ago, but really we do want to do a ghost stories episode soon. So if you've got your own ghost stories, send them. Um, it's unexplainableuk at mail.com. And you can contact us and have a chat. We've had some great people just emailing in to say, hey, I like the show and keep doing what you're doing and just saying hi. We're really, even that we really appreciate. So keep doing that. Uh, all the videos, pictures and everything on the blog, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable.blogspot.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for us, easy to find, or it's uh, facebook.com slash Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. And you can chat to us on there and comment on there and everything. Uh, and the one thing we ask is, if you listen regularly and you really enjoy the show, just take five minutes, go on iTunes and rate the show. Because that's really boosting us up iTunes and it's getting more, more listeners. And mm. more people have been doing that. Really, really appreciate that. And tell your friends. Tell, tell friends, people. Yeah. Tell, us, tell everyone you know about us. Sean said he recommended it to two of his friends at work. Nice. And they both started listening to it and they loved it. Thanks, Sean. And uh, one of them was like working his way through the episodes and really enjoying it. So whoever you are, thanks for listening. The other one, 
Um, found it too creepy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he had to turn it off because oh, it was creeping him out. I must so admit, I, don't know what like... it was. I think it was number stations. Creeped him. That is creepy. That, 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 really, that one either really creeps people out or does nothing for them. Mm-hmm. That's like Marmite, that episode. Most of our episodes do, I suppose. Yeah. Obviously, ancient Egyptians, I'm going to walk to my car later, and if <laughs> one approaches me, I'll probably ask it, you know, a lot of questions. I've got a lot of questions lined up. Come so. home with me and we'll do some talking, yeah. Yeah. If there's any ancient Egyptians in the room that would like to uh, make themselves <laughs> known, no, I'm joking. Um, if you, also, we've got stickers. So you know what? If you give us a really cool rating on iTunes and then send us an email to say you did it, I might send you a sticker. Yeah. They're wow. nice. I've stuck one in my car. I'm sending one all the way to Australia um, because of a nice donation we got from an Australian listener. So mm. nice. donate and you might get one too. If you send us an email and tell us you donate. That is an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, you can donate on the blog if you want to do that. Yeah. You cool. Anything else? Excellent. Right. You must have something. Sphinx you later. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that and discredited it. It was so nasty. Oh, gosh. Egypt puns. Oh, no. Nothing. Nothing. Not even Nothing. Like... Can't even fit Cairo later. Come on. Bi- Come on. Bioglyph. 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 Oh. No, no, no. And remember, there's no new history, only new historians. Oh, he's gone. He's on philosophical at the end then. What black Egyptian? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.